Chazal tell us that Paray had three advisors. The first one was Yisroi, the second was Bilam, and the third was Eof. They were the three great men, maybe the three great thinkers, among the non-Jews who lived at the time of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And the Gemara tells us that Pari asked their advice how we, should, how we should deal with the Jews. And the Gemara tells us that Bilam advised him to oppress them, to enslave them. And Yisroi advised him not to harm them, to release them. And Eov remained silent. And what was the result? The Gemara says, Bilam who wanted to destroy the Jewish people, he tried to convince Pari to do the job. He himself was later destroyed by the Jewish people. And Yisrael, who was interested in the good of the Jewish people, he tried to protect them. So he merited being able to join the Jewish people. He became a ger, he became the first convert, and he joined the Jewish people. And Eov, who remained silent, was punished with Yisurim. We know that in the Nach, maybe the example of extreme Yisurim, suffering, the person who suffered the most is Eov. He lost all his money, he lost all his belongings, all his children were killed. He himself was, was afflicted with endless physical ailments and conditions. And the question is, the first question is, we understand why Bidam's punishment was Midah Kaneged Midah. He wanted to destroy the Jewish people, in turn he was destroyed by the Jewish people. We understand why Yisra's reward was also Midah Kaneged Midah. He was looking to help the Jewish people, to benefit them, and his reward was that he was allowed to join them. But the question is, why was Eov's verdict, sentence, to be subject to Yisurim, Midah-Kanegad Midah for remaining silent? And there's another question to ask also. We know about Eov. The Torah uses superlative descriptions for him. His time, a person who was perfect in his midas, he feared Hashem, he did no evil. A tzaddik. A tzaddik of the level that the Gemara says that the Satan thought that Hashem regarded Eov as highly as he had regarded Avram Avinu. A tzaddik on such a level why would he remain silent to the suffering of the Jewish people? Why wouldn't he voice his objection? If Bilam held one way and Yisra held the other, then really Eov had, the, so to speak, the trump card. He could have decided the majority opinion. Why didn't he talk? Why did he remain silent? And there's something to learn from the answer. Eov, like we said, was a great man. So much so that the Navi tells us 
that when Moshe sent the spies to spy out Eretz Yisrael, and he told them to look, is there, are there trees there or not? And physically, obviously there were trees in Eretz Yisrael. But what Moshe meant, say Chazal, was that tzaddik whose righteousness protects Eretz Yisrael like a tree as a source of shade, is he still alive? And he was referring to Eof. And Hashem did a chesed, so to speak, and that was exactly the period where Eof died. The Pasuk tells us that Eof lived 210 years. And that was exactly the amount of time the Jewish people were in Mitzrayim. 210 years. So let's go back to our question. Why did Eov remain silent? And the answer, the answer is that Eov was a man. Eov understood that Hashem runs the world. And if that's the case, if the descendants of Avram, Yitzhak and Yaakov have been sent down to Egypt, and it was written Hashem that they should suffer either as a process of rectification for the various they had done, maybe a process of preparation for Matan Torah, like the Torah calls it the crucible, the furnace, which refines the gold and the silver. So you have understood that Hashem is orchestrating a divine plan. And if that's the case, why should I get involved? Hashem knows what Hashem wants. Hashem knows where He's leading history to bring. The result which is going to come out of Mitzrayim. And Eo felt, therefore, it wasn't the place for Him to take a stand, so to speak, and alter and change or try to alter and change what Hashem had in mind. So Eov remained silent. He doesn't side with Bilam, but he also won't side with Israel. And we might think that there's some justification in Eov's approach. Hashem runs the world. I should get involved so to speak, in making things happen. Let me remain a passive observer. And I leave Hashem to run the world in the way He knows best. But if there is merit to the argument, then we need to see what happened to Eov. How did Hashem respond to Eov's silence? Whatever His motivation may have been. Like the Gemara says, Eov was nidan with Yusurim. But not just Yusurim. That became the prototype for the most extreme Yusurim we find. Why was Eov punished so severely? There's an extremely deep answer from Rabchaim Shmulevat, Sikhan Nalibracha. I'd like to 
give his answer first. And Reb Chaim says like this. Reb Chaim says that he have felt that his opinion isn't going to change anything. So it's better to remain silent. So Hashem brought you ceremonial. And from the pain, from the distress, from all that side that you have felt, what did he do? He cried. As the Apostle tells us. At great length. And the question is, does crying cure pain? Does it take away the affliction or the illness? No, it doesn't. But when a person is in pain, he cries. Regardless if it's going to cure him or not. It's an expression of pain. It's an expression of tzar. And says Reb Chaim, what Hashem was showing Eov is whether you felt that your opinion could make a difference or not. But Klai Yisrael are in pain. They're being enslaved. They're being oppressed. They're being persecuted. When a person is in pain, he needs to cry. Not to make cheshboinus. Not to think, is it going to help? Or not going to help? A person has to respond when he sees pain. And when Eom didn't respond to Klai Yisrael's pain, so the middah connected middah was he suffered pain himself. And Eov, you see yourself that when a person is in pain, he doesn't make cheshboinus. Is it going to help to cry? He cries. And he should have done it for Klai Yisrael too. It's a profound idea from Rav Chaim But let's take it a step even further. We understood before. Eov didn't just keep quiet because he didn't feel it would make a difference. Eov understood that there's a divine plan at work. And if that's the case, he didn't want to interfere with that. And what we learn from here is that's also wrong. That's also wrong. And let's give an example where we learn this. The Gemara says in Bava Basra that the Roman general Tanus Rufus asked Rabbi Akiva and he said to him, if Hashem loves the poor people, if Hashem loves the Anim, why doesn't he feed them? Hashem has endless resources and Hashem takes care of every human being. And here's a person that he left to suffer, left to feel hunger and deprivation. There must be a plan for that. It's not because Hashem can't afford to feed him or doesn't have enough money to help everybody. It must be Hashem wants this person to suffer. And if that's the case, says Tonus Rufus to Rabbi Akiva, why are you interfering with Hashem's plan? Why are you helping him out? Hashem wants him to be hungry and you're going to feed him? This was the mindset of Rome. That a person who they felt had been punished by the gods, then they felt it was also to help him. They legislated against doing tzedakah. It's obviously a person who's meant to suffer. And Rabbi Akiva's answer, exactly the opposite. Hashem wants everybody to have. And the reason he withholds from the Oni 
is to enable us to be able to do the mitzvah of chesed. To give us the opportunity to do tzedakah. But that's what Hashem wants. And if we look at it in a deeper sense, that same mistaken mindset of the Roman was just on a deeper level the same mistake of Eov. Hashem has a plan. It's true. But we don't look at human suffering and say it's all part of the plan. And if that's the case, I'm not getting involved. If Hashem wants people to suffer, then let him, just, let him decide. I'll take a back seat. That's exactly the opposite of what Hashem wants. It's our responsibility to look to help people. It's our responsibility to do chesed. What about Hashem's plans? That's not our responsibility. Our chiyuv to other people, to Klai Yisrael, is when we see someone in pain, we help them. Like the Navi says, Kitira Aram Vachisisai, Aloy Leroy Pros Lachmecha. You see someone hungry, feed him. You see somebody cold, clothe him. What about Hashem's Cheshpoinus? What about Hashem's plan that this person deserves to be punished? That's not our Cheshpoin. That's not our Cheshpoin. Our Cheshpoin is, it's an opportunity to do chesed. Does a person suffer for nothing? No. Every suffering is planned. But, it's not our jurisdiction to cease people suffering and say, that's what Hashem had in mind. We'll leave them alone. It creates for us the opportunity, which is mechai of us to help them. We don't make Hashem's cheshpoinus of what the person deserves. And that was the mistake of Yav. Was there a divine plan in Shibud Mitzrayim? Yes. And had Yav stated his opinion not to oppress the Jews, would it have made a difference to Paro? Perhaps not. That doesn't absolve them of the chiyuv. You can try to help people. If Hashem wants them to suffer, it's not going to help. But that doesn't absolve, absolve us of the chiyuv to do chesed. And therefore the midah connected midah. Did Eov deserve to suffer? Alpi midah sadin he didn't. And that's what he didn't understand. In Eov's dialogue with Hashem, he says to him, what did I do that I deserved all this pain and suffering? I was a tzaddik. Did he deserve it? No. But Eov, you were the one who felt that if you see somebody suffering, it must be deserved. You were the one who felt that if you see someone else in pain, then there must be a reason for it, and leave him in that pain. When you see yourself in pain and suffering, and you know yourself you didn't do anything to deserve it, so you yourself came to the conclusion that it's not always is suffering or pain or you serim deserved. Hashem had a different cheshbon why he punished you. And Hashem had a different cheshbon for Klai Yisrael too. 
Don't imagine, because you see someone in pain, somebody who's suffering, that they must deserve it and I shouldn't interfere with Hashem's plan for them. There could be other reasons too. Just like you have suffering. Wasn't because of a punishment. And if that's the case, our response, our response to people who are in pain, our response to people who are deprived, we have to help them. Not to make a Kodesh Baruch Hu of why he put them in that position. Chazal say this. As the biggest protection that there is against punishment. When a person looks to do Gmiras Chasodim for other people in suffering, it saves them from suffering. Exactly the opposite of Eov. Eov who was callous to the suffering of Klai Yisrael, he was punished that he would suffer. Somebody who's awake to the suffering of other people. He feels their suffering. He tries to take them out of suffering. So that protects him from suffering. Look at an amazing thing Rabbi said. Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu comes back from Midian. To be the Goel, to be the Savior, the Redeemer of the Jewish people. He comes back with his family. He meets Aaron on the way. And Aaron says, who are these people? Moshe says, my wife and my children. And Aaron said, are there not enough Jews and slaves in Mitzrayim? You want to bring more? And Moshe agrees and he sends them back to Midian on their own. We see in the beginning of Parashat Yisrael that Yisrael arrives together with Moshe's wife and his two sons. Which means they were the only Jews who missed Yitzhak Mitzrayim. They never saw the Makkas. They never went through the Yamsuf. Moshe's own family missed Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Why? Why weren't they also Zoycha to be part of the miraculous redemption from Mitzrayim? Were they worse than the rest of the Jewish people? Moshe's own children? And the answer is a tremendous point. The answer is, they never suffered the Shibud. They were never part of the slavery. They never experienced the Shibud of Mitzrayim. They weren't there to be part of the Geula from Mitzrayim. Even Shavit Levi, who was spared the hard work, the labor, they were also oppressed in Mitzrayim. They were also part of the Shibud Mitzrayim. And therefore they were also Zoycheh. They also merited to be part of the redemption. But Moshe's family wasn't. They hadn't experienced Mitzrayim. And then the question is, what about Moshe Rabbeinu himself? Moshe Rabbeinu himself was brought up as a prince in Paris palace. And he ran away to Midian and he escaped the, word, the years of hardship in Mitzrayim. Why was he, Zoycha, not just to be a part of the redemption, but to be the primary cause of the redemption, the one who brought it about? And the answer? The one story we have of Moshe before he ran from Egypt. He went out to his brothers, Vayar Basivloisam. He saw their suffering. Says Rashi, Nasan Ainu Vilibal Yisrael. He felt for their suffering. He did whatever he could to relieve their suffering even risking his own life. Somebody who could feel so strongly the suffering of others. Somebody who didn't make a and said, Christ shall deserve it. 
He did whatever he could to relieve their suffering, to make it easier for them. He's been Yotze Hizchiyav to suffer. Moshe didn't need to suffer himself. He had, so to speak, been Yotze Hizchiyav by taking part of the suffering of Klai Israel. And therefore he too could be part of the Gola. He could bring about the Gola. Because he too had been part of the suffering of Mitzrayim. Not the personal suffering, but he had been taken personally the suffering of the Jewish people. Chazal said before Moshiach comes, Before Moshiach comes, there will be a period of suffering. Whether it's sicknesses, whether it's war, whether it's deprivation, lack of shalom, hunger, Lots of examples of what Chazal said could happen before Mashiach comes. Could be we've begun to experience already now. But a person doesn't want to suffer himself. What's the Eitzah to avoid the suffering? A person who can feel for the suffering of other people. And he does what he can. And what he can't do, he doesn't. He doesn't remain silent to see other people in distress. He doesn't justify the din for them that they must deserve what they're going through. No. He treats it as, as if it was his own suffering. Thinks about them. Concerned about them. What he can do to help them. And what he can't do to daven for them. Then there's a person who's been yotze his chiyuv to suffer. And he deserve, deserves to be nitzal, to be saved from the chavre Mashiach and live to see the goal of him. Amen.